All right. Opinions are mixed over a new interactive app that reportedly allows mourners to, quote, unquote, talk to the dead. Hereafter AI creates digital replicas of the voice and personality of deceased loved ones. This is kind of, we're living in stra- we're living in strange times. It is bizarre. That or- is bizarre. Orthodox Catholic philosopher Joe Vukov says um, it's having a way to keep people around who we've lost. It, that the idea is well intentioned, but he also cautioned that people are uh, more than just abstract intelligence. I'll say. Video of a woman meeting a simulation of her deceased mother has gone viral with more than 30 million views on YouTube. Yeah, so you're, I mean. It's bizarre. It's starting to be like Star Trek. Yeah. You know, the holodeck. You know, right. You exactly. know what I'm saying? It's very simple. Basically, what we're talking about here. Yeah, go in and. Meeting a deceased mother after so, she's gone. Go in and see dad or mom. Or, you know, take all the facts from these people's lives and pour it into the computer and then get an image and, and if you have manipulate it. Video rec- audio recordings, it'll sound just like them. Right, exactly. Yeah. Man, bizarre. An 81-year-old from Port Orange in Florida. Imagine that, a weird news story from Florida. <laughs> arrested on Thursday for a nationwide series of scams. But he may have been scammed himself. Bobby Crosby allegedly defrauded victims and uh, arrested, or excuse me, accepted money, gift cards, and Venmo payments by pretending to be a family member or telling them that he owed money. All the traditional ways people are scammed regularly. All right. And uh, police report, though, says that Crosby admitted to receiving the money and other items, but he claims that he was accepting the funds on behalf of a woman that he met on Facebook. So he wasn't smart enough while he was scamming everybody else to sniff out some scammer (laughs) that he met on Facebook. Detectives say that Crosby deposited most of the money into his own account, then forwarded the funds to Bitcoin accounts for the woman that he met online. A police report from April 2022 shows that Crosby was scammed himself by online Bitcoin investors. Wow. Way to go, Ace. Scammer gets scammed. Oh, what else do we have for you? An elderly man in North Ohio is dead in what looks like a lawn tractor explosion. Uh Uh-oh. Police say they were called to a house in Tiffin, Ohio last week when they found an active fire pit, a partial brush fire, and a lawnmower with extensive fire damage, and the 90-year-old owner discovered next to the mower dead. Man, oh, man. So the mower evidently blew up. Caught everything on fire. Caught everything on fire. The fire pit was probably already going. Probably. Then the brush fire was probably started by the explosion. Accelerated it. Maybe some gas involved. number of different agencies have been called in to help in the investigation. Yeah, you know these, I mean. Through a piston maybe, huh? 90-year-old know. guy. You know, he's just stubborn enough to keep the tractor going for another year. Or yeah. Don't need a new tractor. I'll fix this tractor. Maybe. Maybe that was what was going on. He fixed it a little bit too well. And yeah. Next, next thing you know. Wow. A Spanish mountain climber emerged on Friday after 500 days in isolation. 
You ever uh, say to somebody, where you been, living in a cave? <laughs> Have you ever said that to somebody? Yeah. Well, this is the yeah. real deal. Beatrice Flamini, 50, entered a cave in Spain November 21st, 2021. She left for eight days due to a technical problem and then re-entered the cave until April 14th, 2023. Flamini described the experience of being cut off from the world as, quote-unquote, excellent, unbeatable. <laughs> Flamini was unaware of Russia's war in, U in Ukraine, of course, and other global events. Yeah. She says she stopped counting around 60 days or so in. She just kind of gave up on counting the days. Okay. In fact, I didn't want to come out, Flamini said. When she did emerge, she immediately uh, asked who was paying for rounds of beer, though, Mackie. Must be one of your pals. Yeah. They didn't let her take beer in the cave? <laughs> she went in voluntarily. Huh. Some weird news for us, uh, Mackie. What do you have over there? Colorado Rockies fan is uh, facing some charges of assault and disorderly conduct after tackling the team's mascot during a game last week. Ooh. Kenneth Sonley turned himself in on Friday, was cited and released by Denver police. Police had been looking for Sonley since he allegedly stepped onto the top of one of the dugouts and tackled the mascot a week ago. <laughs> a motive for Sonley's actions has not been announced. Okay. And maybe it's just like Yosemite Sam. Ooh, I hate that mascot. <laughs> but yeah, maybe. More likely, you know, a couple of cups of mile high beer or yeah. something like that. The great yeah. big the big great big Perhaps ones. imbibed in a little little too much. Yeah. That mascot thinks he's so tough. I'm gonna take him out. <laughs> a waitress at a cafe in Japan was recently fired after she mixed her own blood into a customer's cocktail. Oh, my. And many people on social media are criticizing the owner for firing her. Now, why would you criticize, <laughs> why would you criticize the owner? That's just ridiculous. I don't get that part at all. The incident occurred at the new uh, Man Manjani Khan uh, Cafe Daku, which translates to Problem Child Dark Cafe. The owner promised the patrons would only be served by mentally unstable and problematic girls dressed in goth-style attire. That's, that's who he says is serving the drinks. One of the servers apparently really got into the role and mixed her own uh, blood into the cocktail, reportedly at the customer's request. Well, he wanted it. Uh, fellow employees reported it to management, and the server was ultimately fired for what is called borderline terrorism. The cafe ended up closing for one full day to replace all drinking glasses. Meanwhile, uh, reactions to the firing have been mixed on social media. Some are slamming the cafe's owner for uh, promoting the staff as mentally unstable and problematic and then punishing them for acting like it. Interesting. What's the court of common sense say on that one, Mackie? What was the term in there? Ism? Something? Mm, yeah. What was it? Problematic? No. <laughs> I missed the way. I, where are you going? Well, I thought creepyism is more what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man. The dark, I don't want to go to the dark cafe anyway. No. <laughs> if, if you're uh, purporting that the servers are mentally unstable and problematic, mm -hmm. Yeah, probably not my kind of hangout. 
Would you like your own blood in your drink, sir? Um, no. Thank you. How about mine? <laughs> Police in Pennsylvania are commending a pizza delivery driver for tripping a suspect who was running from officers. Officers were in a car chase involving a stolen vehicle near Philadelphia over the weekend, uh, Brookhaven, Pennsylvania. It ended after the uh, car struck a pole outside a home where the delivery uh, driver was about to drop off pizza. The suspect got out and ran in the direction of the bystander, whose hands were full. The delivery guy stuck out his leg and tripped the runner as he went by. Yeah. Who was then caught by police. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a little help. little help. Yeah, like a cartoon. How can we stop this guy? Stick out your foot and trip him. Trip him. Stop that guy. (laughs) The OnlyFans that, uh, an OnlyFans model, I should say, uh, nearly drowned recently. She's talking about her harrowing ordeal because she doesn't want anyone else to make the same mistake she made. Of course, highly unlikely that anyone else would make this particular mistake. Uh, Michelle Ogilvie, a former social worker in the U.K. who became a successful nude model on OnlyFans, was taking, evidently, some nudies inside a cove in her coastal hometown. This 32-year-old who says that she makes about $1,200 a week posting nude photos of her follow- or for her followers snapped about four photos before she started noticing the tide starting to rise and creep into the cove. She says, I uh, just got into the moment. I was looking at the sea, getting closer, thinking, oh, that's pretty and sparkly. Yeah, (laughs) it is. And you know what happened before she knew it. The rising tide had trapped her inside the cove, so she called police and used Snapchat to give them her exact location. A Coast Guard crew arrived, were able to get close enough to open up the cove or to the opening of the cove to rescue her. Afterwards, Ogilvie says that she was embarrassed, but added the crew were amazing and so friendly. I have huge respect for them, and I hope people can learn from my mistake. She specifically urges people to know when high tide occurs. Yeah. Good idea. Coves are, it's it's like you're in a washing machine when you get into some of those. It's pretty scary, or it can be. It's happening as far as the uh, weird news goes. Well, this one would be strange. Uh, from uh, San Diego, Bengal Tiger was found chained up inside an abandoned home in Tijuana. Mexico's National Guard had to devise a plan to safely get the tiger into a cage, transport it to local caretakers. Hmm. In a statement, the Office of the Attorney General of Mexico says neighbors called in about a large animal roaming around an abandoned property. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's basically legal to own tigers in Mexico if they're registered with the country's environmental authorities and guidelines are followed for the big cats in captivity. Investigators have found that where the large cat, have not found where the large cat came from or who it belongs to. I'm just kind of thinking of the National Guard there. Well, let's go see what's happening with this abandoned house. Okay, let's not go in there right now. There's a Bengal tiger inside. Do we have any uh, experts around on Bengal tigers? Anybody got a tranquilizer rifle or some? <laughs> uh huh. And some hamburger that we could uh, throw out there. Uh, property dispute. This is quite the property dispute. This is uh, sort of one of those legendary things that's going to be passed down for generations. I think. 
couple of neighbors in China. They have this dispute going, and it ended with the one man in prison and more than a thousand chickens dead in the whole uh, scuffle. It all started over a bunch of trees sitting right on the property line. Each neighbor believed the trees were rightfully theirs and often argued about it. Well, these are my trees. Yeah. No, they're my trees. Then one day, the neighbor identified as Mr. Goo. Mr. Goo? Mr. Goo. <laughs> decided to cut down some of the trees. They're my trees. I'm just going to take a few of these babies out of here. The neighbor, Mr. Zhang, was understandably angry, and he arranged to have the remaining trees uprooted and moved closer to his property. So he said, we'll just make sure that these are my trees from now on. They'll get moved a little closer to my property. Okay. Mr. Goo was not having it because they're his trees too. So he snuck onto the neighbor's property in the middle of the night with a high-powered flashlight and encountered his chickens. It's unclear what he intended to do, but the bright flashlight apparently spooked the birds, and they all panicked, crammed into a corner where about 500 of them were crushed to death. What? That's what it says here. Wow. The birds basically created a stampede because of this super bright light this guy had. Mr. Zhang called the police and they ultimately ordered Mr. Gu to pay him for the cost of the lost chickens. That should have ended it there, right there, you would think, right? Yeah. Mr. Gu was angry that he had to pay, so he went back over with the flashlight again, and this time another 640 chickens were scared to death. This guy's got a lot of chickens, eh, number one? Yeah, no kidding. But number two, <laughs> Mr. Zhang this time took Mr. Gu to court and he was found guilty of intentionally killing the chickens. The judge sentenced him to six months in jail over the deal because he went back the second time knowing that he could kill the chickens by frightening them with the bright light. Okay, yeah. Scared to death the chickens were. Wow. I can see the gavel coming down in court there, you know. Oh, Mr. Goo, you've done it again. <laughs> Quite the picture you've painted for us this morning, Mackie. You don't get the opportunity to use the Mr. Magoo voice very often, Dan. Uh-huh. Massive winter storms that drench California's landscape are making for a mushroom explosion. The unusually wet uh, cre uh, conditions has created perfect conditions for mushrooms to thrive in Southern California. And the moisture is bringing out so many varieties uh, of the fungi. Mm. Experts and foragers are calling it a shroom boom. Uh, they say this year's mushroom season will extend well beyond January and February's peak because of the highly saturated soils. However, experts warn foragers to be especially careful because more varieties mean a higher chance of finding a poisonous mushroom. So be very careful. Know what you're doing if you're hunting shrooms in... Uh, in Southern California. Yeah, the weather's, I mean, every every place. This year, we've got things that'll happen because of the late winter that sure. are different than usual. California. Yeah. Snow mold and that kind of thing, I'm yes. sure. Yes, very agitating. Yeah. Snow mold and very yeah. tough on lawns is what I'm told by lawn experts. Yeah. So. Uh, well, these fees are out of control, Mackie, when uh, you're, if you're flying a specific airline. Yeah. Sean Walker... Sean Walker, <clears throat> excuse me. You all right? I think so. 
trying to change his American Airlines flight from Seattle to Palm Beach. He said, I just want to go the other direction. He was stunned at the change fee because it came in at $2.1 billion. Well, that seems a little high. <laughs> Walker tweeted a screenshot of the screen, which shows a layover in Dallas and costing $2,147,483,647. The Florida man who lives in a town called Jupiter pondered, Maybe American Airlines thought I wanted to fly to the planet Jupiter. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. I think they uh, want you to buy their airline, according to one commentator. American Airlines has not yet replied to the pl- publicity over the change fee. I'd like to change my flight. $2.1 billion, please. They should, uh, to get in front of it, American Airlines should say, well, we were putting them up at the Hyatt for the, you know. <laughs> during this, the, yeah, the flight change. You know, that was part of the expense. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Mackie, what's in the weird news? All right, San Francisco supervisors are accepting $1.7 million in state money. Uh, we had uh, the beginnings of this story earlier. $1.7 million intended to pay for one public toilet. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we did have that. But after much potty mouthing, they'll now one point seven million get you double. You get two toilets. For oh, 1. two toilets million. for one point yep. seven million. A single small toilet planned for Noe Valley Town Square was projected to cost one point seven million. <laughs> Just seems unbelievable. Yeah, a donated toilet reduced the cost significantly. Yeah, I that see. was the, that was the trouble. The cost of the toilet. Okay, is it, there's got to be no plumbing at these locations or something. I guess. I don't know. You got to dig it in. and For $1.7 million? I don't know. Yeah, it seems like you could do it for less. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. But the city says toilet number two now, planned for Presida Park in Bernal Heights, uh, could uh, still cost $1.4 million, wiping away the rest of the state grant. I see. So they reduced the other one down to 300000 but this one's going to cost 1.4. 1. Uh-huh. They got to get rid of the 1.7 <laughs> somehow so they can get more. Uh-huh. Governor Gavin Newsom has even weighed in, uh, mirroring the outrage, telling the San Francisco Chronicle he was placing state funds on hold for the project until the city proves it could build a toilet without flushing so much money down the drain. <laughs> uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. It's the strangest deal. You think it, now? You said toilet number two when you were saying that it was not just for number two. Was oh, it? oh, uh, no, yeah. that wasn't the case. I wonder what the. Yeah, I hope it. Just, I hope it's usable for number checking. two. <laughs> yeah, I hope you don't have to travel across. Number one, you can go there. Number two, you got to go across town. To, uh-huh. Yeah, to a uh, Presida oh, Park. Keep holding it to get to number two over here. <laughs> A scheduled feral cat hunting competition for kids has been scrapped in New Zealand after animal rights groups persuaded organizers to cancel it. This is bizarre. I didn't know that this went on, but evidently it does in New Zealand. Feral cats are a big nuisance, such a big nuisance they pose a risk to the country's biosecurity. So each year, residents are invited to participate in the annual hunting event for a chance to win prizes. 
<laughs> but organizers changed things up a little bit this year and added a new category for kids 14 and under. Now the kids are missing out on all the fun here. <laughs> a child who killed the most cats between now and June would win a prize worth 155 bucks. That was uh, the offer on the table. Between now and June. Wow. Yeah. That immediately sounded the alarm for animal rights groups who argued that it would be extremely dangerous for kids and also for people's pets. Yeah, yeah true. The kid doesn't know the difference between the domesticated cat and the feral one. Right. The uh, concern is that kids wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Uh, protests worked. Organizers agreed to drop the 14 and under category. So that's back off the table. But evidently the rest of the... Uh, um, hunting season for feral cats is still on in New Zealand. Wow. Wow, they must really have a problem. Well, feral cats, they can carry disease. Right, I mean, exactly. They're, they're wild, essentially. Yeah, I suppose, you know, they got to thin them out if they're really bad. <laughs> but uh, who knew? A Brooklyn woman is headed to prison for 21 years for attempting to poison another woman with a drug-laced cheesecake. Oh, boy. Prosecutors say back in 2016, Victoria Nasarova poisoned a then 35-year-old Queenswoman so she could take over the woman's identity. We've had a few of these stories now, including right here in Minnesota, since they looked alike and both spoke Russian. Mm. Uh, law enforcement officials say the cheesecake was laced with a highly potent sedative, which was later found uh, scattered around the victim's bed to make it look like a suicide. The Queen's woman was discovered the next day at her Forest Hills home, but survived uh, after being hospitalized. Wow. The jury convicted Nasarova earlier this year on attempted murder and other charges. This year, it was 2016, so it's taken seven yeah. years to get this far. Wow. So, you know, just the old saying, Dan. In Russia, you not get best friend. In Russia, best friend gets you. <laughs> Could just slide cheesecake in there. That would work just yeah, the same. Yeah, cheesecake would mm -hmm. work. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, a flight from Vienna to New York had to turn around two hours in when five of the eight toilets went out of order. So there's evidently eight toilets on this plane, but five of them go out of out of order. The flight took off on Monday with about 300 passengers aboard to make the nine-hour trek. Turned around when the lavatories, five of them, malfunctioned. The uh, passengers were rescheduled for different flights, and the plane has since been fixed. In a similar bizarre case, in a 2018 Norwegian air flight with 85 plumbers aboard, <laughs> it had to turn around when a broken toilet required exterior access to fix. So... You know, had it been some, some, something interior, perhaps right. one of the 85 plumbers on board could have helped out. Probably probably would have had some help. But no, you can't just climb out and fix it. <laughs> what a bizarre deal. If they just spend $1.7 million per toilet, they'd probably be all right. Sure, yeah. They'd probably last a little longer. How's the uh, weird news pile looking over there? What do you have? Oh, it's uh, it's there for us. <clears throat> Arizona man is under arrest after taking a self-serve a bit a little too far at a Phoenix area church. Oh, how does this uh, work now? Police discovered Jeremiah Sykes baptizing himself oh. in the nude in a fountain in the One Life <laughs> Church in Mesa. 
<laughs> so we evidently got the fountain there, you know. Uh, outside. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Fountain out front. Mm-hmm. Decides oh. to strip down and uh, uh, baptize himself. Sykes was charged with indecent exposure and criminal trespass. Uh, charges are of resisting arrest and aggravated assault were added after he punched two officers. Oh, great. At yeah. a holding facility. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he's not, uh, you know, maybe the the right intentions, I don't know, possibly. Yeah, I mean, is it, really, is it really baptism if you're going to get in a fight with an officer having, you know, uh, forsaken your sin and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. risen to new life with Christ? I don't, I don't see the punching the officer being part of that new life. All while nude in the fountain. It's a whole kind of different deal. <laughs> Somewhere at the bottom of that is smoking dope, Mackie. That's what I think. <laughs> what do you like to do on vacation? Some sightseeing, perhaps? Maybe enjoy some R&R on the beach? What about breaking and entering? That part of the list as you uh, assemble your vacation time? <laughs> Breaking and entering is just the beginning because then there's getting drunk and playing with a fire extinguisher. It's 35-year-old Jordan Mulcahy of Minnesota, yes, representing our state as he goes on vacation in Florida, arrested in Clearwater for breaking into an office building in the middle of the night, stealing bottles of booze and a fire extinguisher. According to police, Mulcahy broke a window to get in and filled up a garbage bag with alcohol bottles. Oh, there's a bunch of booze here. I think I'm taking that with me. Right, yeah. Are these free? (laughs) A cleaning person was in the building and confronted him, at which point Mulcahy told him he was leaving and then walked out with the bag and a fire extinguisher. (laughs) Strange combination, don't you think? A big bag of booze and a fire extinguisher. Yeah. mm -hmm. Something to go for. The cleaning person called police, said Mulcahy appeared to be drunk. Yeah, maybe that's why he wanted the booze. Was thinking this is a good going to be a good night. Cops arrived at the scene, placed Mulcahy under arrest. He's charged with uh, burglary, grand theft, petty theft. He's also being held on an arrest warrant for failing to appear in a court hearing back here in Minnesota. While being read his rights, he reportedly told officers, "It's a fun time to be drunk and have a fire extinguisher." Ah, well. <laughs> I think he was probably, you know. He's going, looped up. Going along pretty normal. Mm-hmm. And then he crosses the Florida border in this vehicle coming from Minnesota. <laughs> and then he starts feeling like, hey, you know, I hear a lot of weird things happen in Florida. Yeah. Been listening to the Loon Morning Show. I think I'm just going to let let loose. About half their weird news stories come from Florida. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably it. Teenager facing charges now for accidentally firing an AR-15 into an apartment in Memphis. 19-year-old James Wingo Jr. was cleaning the uh, rifle when it uh, went off at the Covington Hills apartment in Raleigh, Tennessee. Uh, The victim told police found a bullet hole in her living room wall early yesterday morning. Thankfully, nobody got hit. She was there with another adult and two children inside. No one hurt, thank goodness. Police recovered the weapon. Wingo due in court this morning. You have those stories. Uh, one bullet left in the chamber or something. I don't know the terminology as well as I should, I guess, but. Scary. It was the bullet in there, obviously, and he didn't know it. Obviously, you got to make sure the chamber is empty, right? That's the whole deal. A train station employee 
got swept up by a python parked on the tracks. Now, to me, it's like, is this really going to derail the train if you just run over a big snake? Is there that possibility? I don't think so. Well, an employee was filmed using a broom to move the serpent on Monday at Roma Street Station so train traffic could continue. Okay. Evidently, they're worried about this eight-foot reptile. Eight-footer python. Probably pretty pretty big around. Can be seen wrapping himself around the broom as this guy tries to get the snake off the tracks. We're thankful our driver was able to protect both the snake and our customers by placing it safely out of the rail corridor, it said, according to Queensland Rail. The carpet python has since been rehomed uh, to a lush new habitat. Rehomed. Rehomed. Uh-huh. Yeah. I Evidently, uh, nobody in the Queensland Rail Service there has a hatchet, Maggie. Yeah. I've been in Queensland quite a bit. There are some hatchets around, I think. I would Re- think so. <laughs> rehomed. How about reshaped? <laughs> I like that better. <laughs>